This, this is the Pat O'Keefe Show. On this Saturday afternoon, college football coast-to-coast coast going on right now. Old-timers day at Yankee Stadium. The actual game, if you're interested in such things, is currently in a rain delay between the Yankees and the Milwaukee Brewers. And then, of course, tomorrow it all gets started for real with the first full slate of NFL games this regular season. Here in New York, a primetime affair. The Giants and the Dallas Cowboys tomorrow night. And then, of course, you just heard Mike Greenberg say it, and you can hear the game right here on 98.7 on Monday night. The big one, Armageddon, the Jets, and the Buffalo Bills. All of this anticipation, all of these expectations and excitement. I mean, think about this. We have been talking probably every single day since February, since the Super Bowl ended in some way, shape, or form. Every day since February, we have been talking about Aaron Rodgers and the Jets. First, it was like, well, the Jets are a quarterback away. Who do they need? Who's available? Who can they go and get? And then it started to shift in the direction of, can you imagine if Aaron Rodgers is ever going to leave Green Bay and he would be available? The Jets would be a great landing spot for him. And then, of course, you looked at Aaron Rodgers' contract and all of the guaranteed money, and you thought, well, there's no way that the Jets can make that move. They're not going to cut him. They're not going to get rid of him. But then all of a sudden, it sounded like Green Bay wanted to move in a different direction and give Jordan Love, their former first-round pick from 2020, a shot after three years of sitting on the bench. And that meant that Rodgers was available. And as you looked around the league, how many teams were, quote-unquote, a quarterback away? There weren't many especially once New Orleans signed Derek Carr after he was cut by the Vegas Raiders. There was a very, very short list of teams that Aaron Rodgers could go to. And the Jets, from the beginning, and this isn't just because I'm sitting here in New York saying this, but the Jets, from the beginning, always made the most sense. They did have a really good year last year. They got a really good year last year. Yeah, they were 7-10, and 10, but they were probably supposed to be you know, 4-13 and 13 or 5-12. They were 7-10, and 10, but as I've been saying for weeks, when you look at what the Jets were last year, you've got to stop pretty much at Thanksgiving, at the Bears game, when they beat the Bears with Mike White to move to 7-4, and four, and they never won again, as Jet fans and all of us know. But at 7-4, and four, that's who the Jets were last year. And then the rest of the season was split between an injured Mike White and a... Um, quarterback in Zach Wilson, who had lost any confidence. So the last six games of the season, you essentially had to play without a quarterback. And I don't care how good your defense is. I don't care how good your weapons are on the outside. I don't care how good Garrett Wilson is and how good Sauce Gardner is and how good your defensive line is. You can't win in the NFL without a quarterback. The Jets didn't have a quarterback. They might as well have been the 49ers in the NFC Championship game once Brock Purdy and Josh Johnson went down, giving direct snaps to Christian McCaffrey for the entire second half and hoping for the best. That's essentially what the Jets were. And they did that with Chris Strevler on that awful Thursday night game against Jacksonville. But the Jets, when you look at what they were last year, they were a 7-4 and four team with not only a good defense, but a really good defense and a young defense at that. An intriguing weapons and prospects on the offensive side of the football. It made so much sense that if Rodgers wanted to continue to play and if the Green Bay Packers were in fact finished with Aaron Rodgers and 
ready to finally move in a different direction. It made a lot of sense that the Jets would be the team. But then there is that, you know, that phrase, same old Jets. And in the first episode of Hard Knocks, Robert Salas said it too. And we heard Rex Ryan say it during the good days when he was the head coach of the Jets. Same old Jets, using that phrase in jest. But it's a phrase for a reason. And that phrase, same old Jets, is the biggest reason why you still didn't have complete confidence that this was actually going to happen because it made too much sense. And when have the Jets ever had it easy? When have Jets fans ever had it easy? You know, if you're a Jets fan in late February or middle of March and you're waiting to see if Aaron Rodgers is a possibility, the prevailing thought is how can this happen to the Jets? These things don't happen to the Jets. The Jets don't get to have nice things. But then you started to believe a little bit more when they hired Nathaniel Hackett. And when they hired Nathaniel Hackett, you started to think that this could actually happen. Because we know what Nathaniel Hackett was last year as the head coach of the Denver Broncos. And I know that many have said, and he was, Sean Payton was out of line for making the comments he did about the job that Nathaniel Hackett did as the head coach of the Broncos. But one thing that was overlooked a little in all of the criticism of what Sean Payton said, one thing that was kind of overlooked is that Sean Payton was right. That was an abysmal coaching job by Nathaniel Hackett last season. I mean, if you're a head coach and you get hired and you can't even last one full season, it happened the previous year to Urban Meyer. It happened last year to Nathaniel Hackett. That is very, very difficult to do. So when the Jets hired Nathaniel Hackett, you didn't exactly think they were hiring him because he's going to revolutionize their offense. No, you figured they were hiring him. The one and only reason they were hiring Nathaniel Hackett was because of his relationship with Aaron Rodgers. And by the way, watching Hard Knocks and watching Nathaniel Hackett in Hard Knocks, the jokester that he is in those offensive meeting rooms, I still don't have any confidence that this is a guy who's going to come in and revolutionize your offense. But you know what? He doesn't have to be because he has Aaron Rodgers as his quarterback. And then the other option, the plan B, if you will, was Derek Carr. And when he signed with New Orleans, it was pretty much at that point Rodgers or bust, right? You're driving, uh, you're driving off the cliff like Thelma and Louise holding hands, and really there's no turning back now. So – you know, you put all your eggs in the Aaron Rodgers basket and then the announcement on the Pat McAfee show that his intention was to play for the Jets, but still it did not make it official. It didn't make it official at that point. And then there were weeks of waiting and negotiating and bartering between the Jets and the Green Bay Packers and then finally coming to an agreement right before the NFL draft because draft compensation was included in the trade and then Rodgers pulling into the headquarters at one Jets drive in Florham Park, New Jersey, hugging Woody Johnson, hugging Robert Sala, and then a couple of days later, the introductory press conference, and it's official. You're like, oh, my God, this actually did happen. This guy is the quarterback of the Jets. But this is that was a two-month process from February until late April when he was introduced as the Jets quarterback. And then you go into off-season minicamps and OTAs and mandatory minicamp and training camp and the idea that the Jets might be the subject of hard knocks. Why? Because of Aaron Rodgers. And then hard knocks actually coming to fruition and hard knocks being a five-week infomercial for the greatness and the 
kookiness and the thoughtfulness of one Aaron Rodgers. And that gets us to here today, Saturday, September 9th, two days before the Jets lift the curtain on this season against the Buffalo Bills. And we have seriously, we have seriously been talking about Aaron Rodgers every single day since late February. It's here. It is finally here. And by the way, we're all going to continue talking about him. But the point is, the talking is now done. Now, there's talking after the game. There's analyzing what you saw. What great things did Rodgers bring to the table in the season opener? Or how did the Jets struggle in the season opener? Those are different conversations that will be had on Tuesday and on Wednesday and every single week throughout the NFL season. Such is the nature of the NFL. But really... I can't remember. The NFL offseason is so long because the NFL season is so truncated. The actual regular season, it begins now. It begins on September 9th. It goes September, October, November, December, January, and then the first two weeks of February. So that's like five and a half months. So that means we have seven and a half months of the offseason, which means we have been talking about Aaron Rodgers on this station every single day for seven and a half months. And you know what? It's finally here. It's fine. Well, just about. We got to wait one more day. But that one day that we have to wait tomorrow, we get to watch a whole, whole lot of football, including the Giants in a really big game on Sunday night against the Dallas Cowboys. But it's time for the Jets. Because now when you look at this first game, and I asked this question last weekend, the last time I was on this station, for whom would a week one loss be more damaging, for the Giants or for the Jets? They're both in very similar situations. They're both at home, in prime time, standalone game against a division rival that they are trying to catch up to in their standings. The Giants tomorrow night against the Cowboys and the Jets on Monday night against the Buffalo Bills. So who needs this game more? For whom will the alarm bells be louder if that team suffers a loss? And I think the answer is easily the Jets for a number of reasons. Number one, The Jets are supposed to be better than the Giants. They're supposed to be. They have the better quarterback. They had, until the bottom fell in or fell out last year, they had the better team. You know, at 7-4, and the Giants got off to a really good start. Easy schedule. Superior coaching. Little smoke and mirrors from Brian Dayball. Some clutch play. uh, Some breaks from Tennessee missing a last-second field goal that was makeable from Lamar Jackson imploding in the fourth quarter of a game at MetLife Stadium. The Giants got off to a really good start. By about week 11 or 12, though, they had leveled off. They were careening towards 500, and the Giants essentially were a 500 team last year. They were 9-7-1. and one. They were just above 500. But at 7-4, and four, the Jets were the better team. The Jets were the story in New York last year until they lost their final six games. And that coincided with the Giants figuring things out at the end of the regular season, picking up a big win in Washington, picking up the win against Indianapolis on January 1st that clinched their spot in the playoffs, actually playing well in a meaningless Week 18 game in Philadelphia and putting a little bit of scare into the Eagles. So the Jets bottoming out coincided with the Giants hitting their stride late. But go back to last Thanksgiving. Go back to that Chicago Bears game. The Jets were the team in this town. The Jets were the talk of this town. The Jets were the better team. So now, fast forward to this year. You have a team in the Jets that was the better team last year. 
at 7-4 and four than the Giants. And now you add to that team one of the best 10 quarterbacks of all time, a guy who is two years removed from winning back-to-back -back regular season MVP awards. That is a team that is supposed to win a week one game against a team in its division, especially when the Jets beat the Bills last season at home. It was one of their best wins of the season. It was probably their best win of the season. Zach Wilson played okay in the fourth quarter. He made one big throw that helped pick up a first down that helped win the game. The defense was phenomenal in that game. They injured Josh Allen to the point where I don't think he was the same the rest of the year. And most importantly, the Jets won that game. So by pure logic and nothing else, if you look at the fact that the Jets at MetLife Stadium last year defeated the Buffalo Bills. This year, when they meet again, the Bills are roughly the same team. No team is ever exactly the same. There's always at least a 25% turnover in roster. But the Bills are roughly the same team as last year. And the Jets have added Aaron Rodgers. So by that and that alone, I know the Bills are favored. I know the Jets are getting three, maybe three and a half points in this game. But by that and that alone, you beat them last year, and now you have Aaron Rodgers. You have to go out and beat this team. And it's more important for the Jets because if you lose this game, you're going to hear that phrase again that I uttered a couple of times that I will refrain from doing so again right now. Okay? You're also looking ahead to a schedule that is extremely difficult to begin the season. You go to Dallas next week, then you take on Kansas City, and then you have a home game against New England. You could be looking at 1-3, and three, and the schedule doesn't get a whole lot easier after that because the schedule is very tough. The division, excuse me, is very tough. So it is more important for the Jets to win this game on Monday night than it is for the Giants. The Giants have, if the Giants go out, lose to the Cowboys, which they've done 11 of the last 12 times, play well, lose to the Cowboys, they have as soft a landing spot as you can find in the NFL in Week 2 as they go to Arizona to take on the Cardinals. So the Giants are looking right now at a minimum of a one-and-one one start. But let's also be honest. The expectations for the Giants aren't what they are for the Jets. Now, the expectations for the Giants have been heightened also because of what they did last year, and now they paid their quarterback, so the expectations for him increase, and they should. And now people are looking at the Giants' head coach. Last year this time, they were looking at Dable as an unknown and a breath of fresh air simply because he wasn't Joe Judge or Pat Shermer, now you're looking at the Giants, and when you list the things on this team that are in the team's favor, head coach is one of the first ones you come to because he is now thought of and known as one of the best coaches in the NFL, a top-five coach, a top-seven coach, whatever number you want to put on it. We need to see more, but you think it is there. But because of those reasons, the quarterback and his new contract, the head coach and what he did last year and how he is now viewed throughout the league, the defensive coordinator, you can include him, Wink Martindale in that as well. Those are the reasons why the expectations are higher for the Giants, but they're not nearly as high as they are for the Jets. And the Jets have to come from further back because the Jets have to come from outside of the playoffs to become a championship contender. And that is extremely difficult to do in the NFL. And it's extremely difficult to do in a conference that has quarterbacks like Josh Allen and Joe Burrow and Patrick Mahomes and Justin Herbert and Lamar Jackson. Not to mention a host of other good teams like and great coaches like New England and Bill Belichick and like Pittsburgh and Mike Tomlin and Denver even and Sean Payton. You know, that's the thing. The teams in the... AFC that are pretty good that don't have top flight quarterbacks have top flight head coaches 
the three best coaches in the AFC are Belichick, Tomlin, and Peyton. None of them have quarterbacks. Tomlin might with Kenny Pickett. In fact, I think he, they do. But he's just a rookie who didn't even start. Uh, excuse me. He's a second-year player who didn't start his entire rookie season. So you got to deal with those three well-coached teams, superior coach teams, not to mention the other teams, some of whom also have good coaches, by the way. Let's not discount Andy Reid. Let's not discount John Harbaugh. But those are the teams that have the great quarterback play, Buffalo and Cincinnati and Kansas City and Baltimore. And you know what? I'm loath to do it, but a lot of people like to throw Justin Herbert and the Chargers in to that company as well. I'd like to see more. So that's what we're gearing towards this weekend. Let the, let the games begin, right? The expectations are there. We know what they are. The hype is certainly there. The talking is done. It is now time to see if what we had hopefully discussed since late February is actually going to come to fruition. We won't have all the answers. We won't have nearly all the answers this Monday, but we'll start to get some questions answered, and it's going to be a whole lot of fun. All right, we got plenty to get to. We'll, we'll talk about the ceremony at Yankee Stadium, Old Timers Day, and you know, my take on what that means for where the franchise is right now. Seems like a lot of the New York franchises lately are looking towards the past and not necessarily towards the present. In the Yankees' case, that might be a good idea. Uh, 4 o'clock hour, Gary Myers, longtime NFL writer, is going to be on. He's going to talk about his new book, Once a Giant, a story of victory, tragedy, and life after football, detailing where many members of the 1986 New York Giants are in their lives today. And, of course, your calls, your contributions, 1-800-919-3776. Pat O'Keefe on this Saturday afternoon on 98.7 ESPN New York. This is is the Pat O'Keefe Show. And, of course, we will have uh, hours, hours long pregame coverage of week one before uh, the Jets and Bills game on Monday night right here on 98.7 ESPN New York. Dan Grassa, Greg Buttle getting everything started on the regular season on Monday night. Pat O'Keefe back with you. 98.7 ESPN New York, 1-800-919-3776. Let's go to the phones and say hello to George in New York. George, how you doing? Hello. Hey, how are you, George? I'm doing good. Um, I feel like that uh, New York Jets are going to do pretty good this year. I feel like they're going to make the Super Bowl. The Super Bowl, huh? Now, are you a Jets fan? Yeah. Um, I I do respect Aaron Rodgers. Okay. Well, that's good, George, and thanks for the call. Uh, the Jets could make the Super Bowl. That... Yeah, they could make the Super Bowl, but it's going to be very difficult. You know, that's the funny thing, right? The Jets have finally put all the pieces together. Um, They had the defense last year. They might have the best defense in the NFL. You know, is it going to be 85 Bears-like, like DJ Reed said earlier? I don't know if they're going to be that good. I don't know that they have to be that good. I don't know if any defense is going to ever be that good again, the way the game is played now. But they got a really good defense, and they could have the best defense in the NFL. They could have the best defensive line in the NFL. They have one of the best secondaries in the NFL. I think their linebacking core is adequate. They've got a head coach who the one thing you have to give Robert Sala credit for is this defense. He came in with a defensive reputation. He was the defensive coordinator for 49ers teams that went to the Super Bowl, that almost won the Super Bowl. So he has had a lot of success coaching defenses, and – Look, last year, the Jets' success, before anybody knew that this team was going to be any different last year than what they had been the previous few years, it started with the defense. 
you know, once you saw the defense start to play well in weeks four and five and six and really kind of mask an offense that wasn't exactly lighting the world on fire outside of Garrett Wilson, once you saw what this defense was, that's when the seeds started to be sown that, hey, maybe we are, you know, one guy away. And unfortunately, that guy happened to play the most important position on the field. But now, fortunately, as we just detailed in the last segment, and we all know the the story from beginning to end on how Aaron Rodgers got here, fortunately, the Jets have that guy. So, you know, one position away, that might be stretching it a little. But I think they're not making the playoffs this year would be a very, very severe disappointment. I think not making a deep run, at least to the divisional round, would be a disappointment. And it's going to be a lot of fun. I mean, how many seasons in recent memory? And last year started off this way. I don't think people bought in until the come-from-behind win in Week 4 in Pittsburgh when the Jets went to 2-2. Two and two. I don't think anybody bought in then. You know, you started the season last year um, losing to Baltimore in not unfamiliar fashion. And then Joe Flacco led that miracle comeback in Cleveland in Week 2. But that was a combination of, number one, a miracle – and number two, it was the Browns, you know, one of the handful of franchises that historically has been more inept than the Jets. And then you lose to Cincinnati, so you figured order was restored. And then you're losing that week four game in Pittsburgh. It was Zach Wilson's first game of the year, coming back after the knee injury. And then he leads that fourth quarter comeback. And now all of a sudden you're like, wait a minute, we just went through a pretty tough division, all four teams in the AFC North, and we came out of it two and two. We've got two road wins and... Things were looking at least like it wasn't going to be another wasted season. And it wasn't. It absolutely wasn't a wasted season. And from that point on, you know, from week five on, through the wins in Green Bay, uh, the win in Denver, even with a couple of significant season-altering injuries, uh, obviously the win in Buffalo that we spoke about earlier, through all of those wins in the middle part of the season, it became a must-watch every week. It became... You know, life and death is too strong of a phrase, but you know how it is to be an NFL fan. Your week, your entire work week is during the fall, the tone of your entire work week and, and, and your entire week in general, a lot of times is set on Sunday by how your football team did. You know, if you're a fan of a team, if, if you're a Jets fan and the Jets win a big game on Sunday – like, that good mood can literally carry you through till Wednesday. It really can. I mean, at least for me, growing up, when I had a lot invested, and I grew up a Giants fan, you know, in my teens and more in my 20s, you know, when your, your whole, you know, this is before life gets in the way and, you know, kids and responsibilities or whatever else occupies our times as we get into our 40s, which I am right now. But, you know, back in the day when, you know, Sunday consisted of getting up, going out, getting some brunch and watching NFL football all day. Um, a, a Giants win, I'd be in a good mood till like Wednesday. I, I really would. And uh, that's how it is for a lot of fans. That's why this game, you know, it's once a week. So every game carries that much more meaning, that much more importance. But it's been a long time since a Jets fan could invest so much week in and week out. You know, last year was that case. And you you were all in by 7-4. and four, even after Wilson was pushed aside, then you thought you had your answer in Mike White. You're 7-4, and four and you're rolling, and then you never won a game again. But even those first couple of games after that, 
You know, the Minnesota game where you almost came back and won. The Detroit game where you almost won. You were a couple of plays away. Even the Jacksonville game. And the Jacksonville game is just, that was the tipping point for it then becoming a lost season. Because it was a Thursday night game. It was torrential rain. It was just an absolutely feeble performance. And after that, you kind of left that stadium thinking that the quarterback of the future is not on this roster. And you were right. But even up until that game, and that was in late December, that was just before Christmas, you walked into MetLife Stadium that night or turned on the TV if you were smarter that night and said, if the Jets can win this game, they're right back in the hunt. But they didn't, of course, and they never got back into it. But it's been a long time since as a fan of this team, as a Jets fan, you felt that energy. I mean, how many years lately has it been tanking? Tanking for uh, Trevor Lawrence. Tanking for Sam Darnold. That This is twice in the last six years where you basically threw away a season to pick at the absolute top of the draft. And neither of those worked out. Now... It's actually about wins and losses. Now, if you don't win this game on Monday night against Buffalo, you're going to be in a bad mood until, like, Thursday. And that's not a bad thing. Now, now you, by Thursday, you should start to come out of it. Because now, if you're continuing to be in a bad mood into Friday and into the weekend, then maybe you're taking it a little bit too seriously. But that's how important these games are right now. And for the Jets... It's been a long time since they have carried this level of importance on a week-in, week-out basis. The biggest reason for that is Aaron Rodgers. Now, the Jets, we think that they have a top-flight defense, and there's no indication that they don't, okay? Um, we know that Garrett Wilson is a rising star at his position in the league. I think he's not far away from being mentioned in the same breath as, I'm serious, a Jefferson a Jamar Chase. Like, I, I think he could be a top five wide receiver in the entire NFL. And now you have the quarterback in Aaron Rodgers. Now, a lot of people point to what Rodgers did last year. He didn't play as well. But you got to understand what the expectations last year were for Aaron Rodgers. First of all, he was coming off back-to-back -back MVP campaigns. Okay, so it's impossible to keep up that level of play year after year after year, especially once you move into your late 30s. And it was also, it was time. His time in Green Bay and that relationship had finally run its course. They had danced the dance for several years going back to even before they drafted Jordan Love. And then they drafted Jordan Love when Rodgers would have liked them to have drafted some more help on the offensive line or maybe another wide receiver weapon for him. They always picked on the defensive side of the ball because Rodgers felt that the Green Bay Packers always took him for granted. And you know what? Maybe they did, but he was that great. But the point is he did not meet expectations last year. But were expectations perhaps too high for Aaron Rodgers? Was it a bad year or was it a down year compared to brilliant play by an all-time great? Rodgers will tell you that he doesn't feel that he needs to bounce back from 2022. I'm not looking at this like I have to bounce back or do anything. I just got to play uh, the way I know how to play. I've been working off for the last uh, six months to try and put a better product on the field than last year, and, and uh, I expect it. And I agree with that. I think, and, and a lot of people are pointing to his performance as the start of a downward decline, okay? First of all, he wasn't that bad. He was bad if you're comparing him only to what he was in 2020 and in 2021, and 
in those two years, he was the most valuable player in the entire league. So, yes, he took a step back from that. He didn't take a step back from a Daniel Jones-type season. He didn't take a step back from a Dak Prescott-type season. He didn't take a step back from a Kirk Cousins-type season. He took a step back from being the best player in the NFL for consecutive years. It wasn't a bad year. And I'll take it one step further. If he does exactly what he did last year for the Jets this year, they're going to be a second-round playoff team at least. That was the one thing missing. That's the thing. You don't need Aaron Rodgers from 20, uh, 2011 when they were 15-1, and one, and he looked like he was playing a different sport than everyone. You don't need that guy. I mean, it would be nice if he's still in there, but I don't think he's still in there. That was 12 years ago. That was 12 years ago. You don't need that level of play. You need, if you're the Jets with everything else that you have, that's how this business model is supposed to work. You need Rodgers to do what he did last year. End. End of story. Just what he did last year. If the Jets had Kirk Cousins playing quarterback last year, they would have made the playoffs. If the Jets had Daniel Jones playing quarterback last year, they would have made the playoffs. But no, they had Zach Wilson, and then they had an injured Mike White down the stretch of the season. And they had Joe Flacco. And they did not make the playoffs. So they don't need Rodgers to be the MVP of the league. They need Aaron Rodgers to be what he was last year. More reaction to this, and we'll hear from Robert Sala as well. It's time for the talk to stop, and it's time for the playing to begin. It's Pat O'Keefe on 98.7 ESPN New York. This this is the Pat O'Keefe Show. Let's go back to the phones and welcome in John from Wisconsin. Hey, John, how you doing? Hello? Hey, John, how you doing? I'm doing good. I'm thinking that the um, Jets are going to make the Super Bowl, and that um, I think they're going to make the Super Bowl against the Philadelphia Eagles, but I don't think that the Jets are going to do well. I think the Eagles will beat the Jets like 42-3 to three maybe. Ooh, if they're nice. lucky, they'll get that extra point or whatever. Okay. John, thanks for the call. So there's a Super Bowl prediction. Eagles 42, Jets 3. How did Jet fans feel about that? Would, you, would a Jet fan sign for that right now? I mean, seeing your team in the Super Bowl, I, I've got to think yes. But 42 to 3, that's pretty extreme. Robert Sala, head coach of the Jets. It's year three. It's a big year for him. I think there's more on the line for Sala than for anyone else on this Jets team. He's. It's always easier to get rid of a head coach than you know a large portion of the roster. Obviously, Aaron Rodgers is the biggest reason why things are supposed to improve this season. Aaron Rodgers can write his ticket to next season. If he wants to play next season, he'll play next season. In fact, Rodgers, uh, in a conversation in the New York Post with Steve Serby, mentioned that maybe he wants to play into his early to mid-40s. Jets are just going year by year with this, but if Rodgers wants to come back next year, he's back next year. Robert Sala can't say the same about him. You know, year one, he took over a bad team with a rookie quarterback. They didn't play well. Year two, he got them into playoff contention. And I don't think he gets enough credit for that. I think Joe Douglas gets the lion's share of the credit for that. And I can't sit here and tell you exactly what percentage of credit should go to Salah and what percentage of credit for the 7-4 and four start last year should go to Douglas. But Salah deserves some because, like I said earlier, that turnaround started on defense. And that's his area. That's his expertise. That's his side of the ball. But now Salah says none of the offseason hype matters. 
I guess I look at it, if you can't keep our names out your mouth, it must mean we're doing something good. Now, with that said, we haven't done anything. We've still got to win football games. And I mean, in the two years that we've been here, we've won 11 of them. But I do think we've done a really nice job. We've made a lot of progress, and we've positioned ourselves to have a, a good year. But we still got to go out and do it. Starts on Monday night. What are Aaron Rodgers' emotions going into his first regular season game as a Jet in week one? A lot of tears, a lot of tears, a lot of, a lot of sobbing probably. <laughs> no, I mean, I'm going to be good. I'm going to be excited. Be excited to be out there with the crowd, see the crowd out there early, hopefully. You know, get all the jitters out of the way probably in pregame and, and go out and just try and execute. Maybe only more excited than Aaron Rodgers is our next caller, Ira on Staten Island. Ira, how you doing? Hey, what's happening, Pat? How are you? I'm good, thanks. How you doing? Yeah, good. Looking for that. I can't wait for Monday night. Really looking forward to it. I mean, you know, it's amazing after all these years. It's except for except for maybe the Parcells opener, ninety nine, Seattle, and ninety seven. Oh, the first year, up. right? Right. Yeah, yeah. They blew out the Seahawks. Um, I, I can't remember being as excited for an opener like this. And well, what about ninety nine? What about the game that Testaverde unfortunately blew out his Achilles? I mean, that, there was a lot of excitement, you know, coming off of the 98 that year. No, that's true. You're, you're right about that. It's just maybe because he blew that Achilles, maybe I kind of kind of like right. try to forget about it. Exactly. <laughs> you know what I mean? But you, but you are right. You know, not enough is talked about the anticipation for the 99 season, so that's a great point. But, you know, going into this year, um, listen, you know, We'll see how it all goes. I mean, everybody deserves credit. You know, Sala, general manager, Douglas. I mean, it, but at, at the end of the day, now it's time to, you know, all, all, all the talk, all the hype, all the fun, now it, it's all on the back page. Now you got to go out and you got to prove it. And it starts Monday night. And I, I, I think it's a really good matchup for them. I, I, think, they, I think they are going to win this game. Um, and we'll see how it goes. But the, the, the thing with, with Beckton, I don't know what's going on with the one that type of illness or whatever's going on with this guy, is that if they start now, if Turner has to start this game, um, I, I guess things run dif- differently. But I look at this matchup, and, and I think the Jets have the advantage because I, I don't think the Bills know what to expect. I mean, what do you get? You're going to study package tape? You're going to study package tape with, with – uh, with Hacker calling games from three, four years ago? I mean, what else do they really have to look at? So I think the Jets have the early advantage here. I think both defenses are really good. They're both going to wash. And I think if it's a clean game, I think the Jets get the advantage. Are you comfortable going into this highly anticipated season, Ira? Are you comfortable with the head coach? Um, oh, more than I was last year. Because I think last year he did, like you said, he you know he did get him to a seven and four spot. I get it; they played a lot of backup quarterbacks, but he still has to show me that he could take the next step. What I am comfortable, and I think probably is going to make his job easier, is that he's the head coach, and ultimately it should stop with him. But now you could question that because if it was up to me, if a game's on the line and I got Salah, Hackett. And Rogers on the sideline. I got more faith in Rogers making the right decision than any of the three. And I think it's going to be Rogers' decision. Ira, enjoy Monday night. Enjoy the season. Um, it's going to be you, a lot of fun. You too. I'm sure. I'm sure we'll talk. Thanks. Yeah, absolutely. Thanks for the call. Um, yeah, I, I think it's probably you know I, 97 when Parcells came in, and that's the one that Ira pointed to when he finally just brought some semblance of competence to the Jets franchise after they had gone one and 15 under Cotite. 
almost brought them to the playoffs. An errant uh, halfback toss call cost them uh, that playoff spot that year. Then the next year, they're the number two seed, and they go all the way to the AC championship game, have a 10-0 halftime lead, and lose to the Broncos 23-10. to And then I think 1999, because it was relatively the same team. It was Parcells still in charge, and you really started 1999 thinking that that was the year. They were so close in 98. Walking into Giant Stadium opening day in 1999, and then, of course, Vinny Testaverde blows out his Achilles. The Jets start 1-6. and six. They ended up going 8-8 eight and eight that year. Once they turned to Ray Lucas as the starting quarterback, it was one of Parcells' best ever coaching jobs in a career full of phenomenal coaching jobs. But the air was completely let out of the balloon that day. But as far as just anticipation before a game starts, you probably do for the Jets have to go back to 1999 for the last time that you were this excited going to a Jets game for week one. More of your calls on this. Gary Myers coming up at 4 on 98.7 ESPN New York.